0: Welcome to the Post Smart Life Podcast. It's time to leave behind the narcissist narrative and build an amazing life that you love. You got through, but you're not done. We're going to build your next level of wealth, create healthy relationships, find deep self-connection to expand your unique impact on this world, and leave behind a legacy of love. I'm your host, Laura, by the way, I've been there, I get it, and I've got you. Let's go build your post-nark life. Hello, welcome back to another episode. I'm so excited to be talking to y'all again. Today is Wednesday that I'm recording this. You'll probably hear this maybe Friday or Saturday, I guess. Here's the thing. I used to have this goal to release a podcast episode every single week on the same time and the same day every single week but that is just not real. <laughs> so I appreciate your patience. I'm going to roll right now. I've got a lot to say and I hope to just kind of release a couple of times a week. Maybe we'll see kind of how the rhythm naturally Happens, but I think I really like this version of. I'm just going to release a podcast when I have something to say, and I'll try not to do it, right back to back to back, where it's like you know, every hour. <laughs> uh, but I I love producing content, and I love talking to y'all, and I love expressing the things that I have on my mind, about this thing that is going on in your life, the dealing with a narcissist struggle. Because there's so much to say and there's so much that my clients are going through. And I know that not because of years of experience on my own, but also just in the past month, it was such a a huge reminder to me that, oh, yeah... My people are in pain, a lot of pain, and uh, they're in pain a lot of the time, and there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot going on when you're dealing with a narcissist, when you're trying to survive that situation and also trying to live your life in a a way that's meaningful to you in a way that aligns with who you are as a person. So today, I want to talk a little bit more about self-care. I know we kind of mentioned that a few episodes back. And I will reiterate some of the things that I'm doing, some of the actions that I'm taking to help myself self-care. But what I really want you to take from this episode is the mindset behind self-care, the thinking and the attitude towards self-care that I have really truly begun to embody over the last several weeks. I think that's the most important thing because When you have that attitude for yourself, when you come up with your own thinking that serves to create an amazing self-care routine for you, the actions are going to look very different. So for example, a lot of the actions I'm taking include going to see a therapist at least every other week and doing EMDR sessions, which I've been doing now for the last, gosh, almost two years, which has been amazing. But I'm continuing to do it. I'm giving myself that 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 chance to work with a professional who can help me in a lot of variety of, of areas. I'm also taking naps when I possibly can. Sometimes that's not available. I I do have a stay-at-home business and a stay-at-home mom situation, so that's a little bit more available to me on certain days, but some days I can get really busy and naps might not always be the case. But if I can, I try to schedule in at least a nap a week. And I have also been working on my body. So I have had issues with my body, gosh, for a long time. And that isn't to say I haven't been totally unhealthy. I've been able to move just fine. I can exercise okay. But I've discovered that my body has some endocrine issues too. There's some hormone imbalances going on. I think that's probably been a huge factor in the multiple miscarriages that I've had. And I'm really working hard to seek professional help with that and also seek programs and methods for restoring normal hormone balance. And it's making a difference actually. It's begun to change my life. My energy levels have increased, my cravings for sweet foods and salty foods have decreased, my ability to be more consistent with things like exercise has increased. I'm just really amazed. And I I think this is a huge part of my self-care that has made a huge difference. Other things are yes, I'll take baths. I love Epsom salt baths. They really help to create calmness. I've been researching different kinds of supplements, omega-3s, magnesium, L-glutamate, I think. (laughs) There's there's a few out there, Um, probiotics, things like that. I also spend a lot of time in sensory deprivation. We talked about that last time, but basically I've taken out all social media off of my phone. I'm reducing my exposure to all of the big lights, sounds, chaotic sort of things that can happen when you expose yourself to things like social media, but also even TV shows and other screen time things. And really just being with myself, I've developed a meditation practice and I... Care for myself. I make sure that I get some journaling time. It's not always perfect, but I plan my days and I try to get my thoughts out on paper when I can. I study really good, uplifting things. If I do watch TV, I try to make it uplifting or hilarious. I love comedy. Comedy is a great way to relieve a lot of stress. And basically, I'm trying to incorporate a lot of things into my life that help reduce the stress in my life, reduce the overwhelm. Because I think those are the main factors. And when we're dealing with a brain in my situation that perhaps has HSP, like highly sensitive person type tendencies or ADHD tendencies, stress and overwhelm are the biggest factors that need to be managed. And so I'm taking care to manage those things in my life. Okay, so those are all of the action items that I have been using, and you can take notes or you can decide that that's what you want to. Eventually, I want to incorporate a massage routine if I can, <laughs> any, type of, any type of thing that will help you feel more relaxed, that will help manage your brain, that'll be something that your body needs. So that's, that's the action items, but let's go ahead and talk about the attitude, the mindset about self-care. The thing about self-care is that a lot of people might think self-care is self-pampering. Self-care and self-pampering are two very different things. When you think of self-care, sometimes you might think of, yeah, taking that luxurious bath, or yeah, I'm self-caring right now because I'm getting myself a treat, or yeah, I'm going to self-care, I'm doing this, I'm doing shopping and retail therapy, and those aren't inherently bad things to do, and they could be in your self-care routine, but I want you to be really clear on the difference between self-care and self-pampering. Self-pampering is is really great, but it's not the same as self-care. Self-care is what do I need? How can I care for myself? What are the deficiencies that need to be managed? What is what I am going through How is it affecting me? How can I support myself through what I'm going through? Because listen, we are all going through something. Let's say you get rid of that narcissist in your life. Let's say that things get better. That's great, but life still happens. Life is going to happen. Life is not easy. There are very few moments in our lives where things are just coasting indefinitely and they just never ever take a dip or something challenging never happens again. I don't think that's real. I think we are always probably going to be going through something at some point in our lives. And so really evaluating that, looking at, okay, what am I going through? How can I support myself as I go through this thing? Really looking at when, like, for example, when you're looking at a child and you are caring for the child, the child has specific needs that the child sometimes doesn't even want. For example, in order to care for a child, you need to educate the child. You need to have education available to that child take them to school or homeschool them or make sure they have adequate books, make sure they have access to maybe take them to museums or take them outside or somehow you need to educate the child. You teach them your language. You teach them how to act. You teach them manners. You educate them in the ways of the world so that they can operate as adults independently and have a good life. In the same way, we want To care for ourselves in ways that maybe we don't necessarily want (laughs) we don't necessarily feel amazing about in the moment but it's self-care take yourself on a walk right do the things that you like enrich your brain what are you studying right now what are you learning or maybe your brain needs rest or maybe there's something really stressful in your life and you need to downsize or downgrade or calm something that's happening i was talking with a client the other day and one of the thoughts that she had was really interesting. It produced her going a million miles a minute all day, every day, and feeling like she could never rest, feeling like there was just not enough time in the day. And I asked her what was her thinking that was creating all of this. And she said, Well, I'm just, I'm just trying to get as much done as I can. I'm just trying to get everything done. And that's not a bad thought. It, It's a thought that occurs to us all the time. We want to get things done in our lives. But behind that thought was this urgency, this sense of if I don't get everything done, then I'm useless, then I don't have value, then people are going to criticize me. Because she came from a narcissist upbringing where as long as she was maintaining the house or managing someone or making everybody feel better or being busy and staying busy and getting lots of things done as long as she was doing that she was protecting herself from emotional abuse from people asking her to care for them for people criticizing her and telling her she wasn't doing enough and telling her how unvaluable she was and so she brought that into her current life and it's creating a lot of stress and not a lot of rest and so what we worked on is helping her to see that 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 kind of thinking is creating all of that stress that she's experiencing. And what if, what if we could release that thought? What if we could let go of that whole belief system? You are valuable no matter what you accomplish. Accomplishment does not equal that you had a great day. You got what needed to get done. If you're a busy mom, if you've got things going on, that's perfect. But especially with this particular client, it's really been a series of letting go of a lot of self-imposed expectations that aren't serving her and it's making a difference in the goals that she has and it's making a difference in how she feels about her daily life and how she's enjoying her life and and she's she's actually really amazing too she does a lot of great self-care things and this is one of the ways in which we self-care we manage what is the thoughts that are occurring in our brain am i pressuring myself to do things that i may not need to do or maybe if I knew for a fact that I was always valuable, would I be pressuring myself to do this thing? Really questioning that is a great form of self-care. Um, asking for the help that you need, getting the help that you need, whatever that comes from, asking for a lot of help. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now and you just need a lot of help. And it doesn't mean that you rely on other people inappropriately. It means that, okay, I'm caring for myself and this looks like asking for help in this way. The attitude of self-care is almost like a self-parenting perspective, especially with those of us who've been raised by narcissists. You have not been properly parented. (laughs) Maybe you've been provided for. Maybe you have been parented in lots of other ways and you can be grateful for that. You can definitely not be bitter and angry and look at this loss as some terrible thing, but you can look at reality and say, okay, in this way, for sure, I was parented, but in this way, I think there's a little bit of lack there. I definitely wasn't parented in this way. And that's okay. Look at that reality. And how can you be the parent for yourself? Truly, that's what adulthood is, is parenting yourself. You have a prefrontal cortex that can parent you. Your lower brain, does not have the ability to parent you. <laughs> the lower brain must be constantly parented because it's it, it's your prefrontal cortex's job to manage the urges, the emotions, the images, the fears. I find myself literally parenting myself on a regular basis. My low brain sometimes can have these moments of anxiety where I'm imagining the worst case scenario and I get really, really upset. my My body starts to respond. I start to get you know, my heart pounding, my heart, my chest tightening, my uh, blood pressure elevating. I start to get really scared. I start to get really irritated and I literally have to talk to my brain and say, Hey, you are feeling really anxious right now. It's going to be okay. What are we anxious about? You're going to be fine. Let's look at the thinking. Let's look at the worst case scenario. Let's see if we can find some solutions or if we can't right now, because a lot of times I'll have like that anxiety come up right when I'm about to go to sleep. (laughs) And it's like, I'm not going to be solving anything right now because I need to sleep. So how can I help myself sleep? Just like a parent would for a child when that parent is putting that child to bed. It's, it's a beautiful practice that I've, I've developed for myself because I feel so loved and supported and cared for. And it didn't come from outside of me. It came from me. And listen, that took work. That's, it takes effort to be that kind of person for yourself. It's not easy, especially when you have a lot of pain and you're like actively in a narcissist situation, that's not going to be as available to you and that's okay. That's not a problem. It doesn't mean that you're bad or that you're not good enough or anything like that. It just means that you don't have as much access to that part of your brain right now because you're in high fight or flight and high um, emotional distress. And so your job in those moments is how can we help you get out of pain? And if you need help getting out of pain, that's what I'm here for. That's what other professionals are there for. It's so important that we help you manage that emotional pain so that we can get you access to your prefrontal cortex that has all of the solutions that you actually need. And it's going to give you that motivation to get the things done that you want to get done or become the person that you want to become. And what that does is it takes you to a very empowered place and a very peaceful place. I used to think that empowered and motivation and energy came from an excitement, high vibe, fast moving energy place. But it's actually not true. You don't have to hype yourself up to be motivated to do stuff. You don't have to slap yourself in the face or like do those things that a lot of people do who try to motivate themselves when they're feeling really down. You don't have to force your heart to start to start. You don't have to force your heart to start beating super, super fast in order to get motivation. Instead, what you can do is manage the emotions and create a sense of stability and calm and empowerment that feels grounded. And it's a steady form of energy That's kind of a tangent, but that's something that's been a really important part of my self-care because if I'm staying in the high highs and the low lows, then I'm I'm caught in a cycle, just like a narcissist relationship. It's really fascinating how all of these things can sometimes connect. When you're in a high drama, things are so good when they're really good and they are so bad when they're really bad what happens is you're stuck in a cycle of uppers and downers. You're stuck in in a cycle of, well, I just got to get back to that high. And then, oh no, I'm kicked down in the low. And I've got to just like somehow push myself back into the high. And around and around we go because when you're in the high, then it exhausts you and you go back into the low because your body needs rest. And sometimes it will force itself to rest. And so for me... My body was a representation of that emotional cycle, and I would try to motivate myself by making myself super high energy, drinking caffeine, going crazy with getting my heart rate up as fast as possible, but then I would pay for it later by having to cry, by having to get really low and be in bed or not have any motivation or any energy the following day. And as I've been doing all of this work to self-care, my energy is stabilizing, and I have the energy to get done what needs to get done. And that has to do a lot with your hormones and cortisol, and there's a lot of physical processes happening in your body that is that can kind of be a domino effect. It can kind of cascade, and they all affect each other. And so if you possibly can... By doing this work to self-care, you can begin a cascade of positive things in your life and in your body, in your emotions and in your energy and other things that might be suffering that will continue to improve, but it takes work and dedication. So the other piece to this mindset of self-care is being committed and being dedicated to your self-care, to your highest self. To what your body and your brain and your mind need. Now, a lot of times you will, if you are in a current narcissist relationship where you have narcissism in your life, people are going to notice that if you when you start doing this, and they are going to call you selfish and they're going to call you narcissistic. I promise you, it is not narcissistic to self-parent, okay? Self-parenting looks like managing your emotions from a calm, grounded place. Being with yourself when you need comfort and love, loving yourself unconditionally, having boundaries with yourself, telling yourself, nope, we're not going to do this thing because that is going to create more problems down the road. So we're going to do this other thing that is going to bring us more calm or more stability or help support the thing we're actually trying to do having boundaries with yourself. Like I don't talk bad about myself anymore. I don't beat myself up anymore. Or if I, if I catch myself beating myself up, I decide to be with myself. Hey, you just want to beat yourself up right now. Don't you? It just feels terrible, right? That that's self-parenting and that is not narcissistic, but a narcissist type person will typically accuse you of that. (laughs) And then it can be this really confusing, you know, Spider-Man meme. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about the the meme where the Spider Man is pointing to another Spider Man and he's pointing to anyway. <laughs> it's funny, but <laughs> it can be a real it can be a real mind uh, mind tricky mind uh, situation. But I promise you that self parenting is not narcissistic. And if somebody accuses you of that, then you can allow them to think whatever they want about you. But typically, a narcissist will be triggered by your self-care routine, because then you're not caring for them. You're taking that time and caring for yourself instead of taking the time to care for them. And they don't like that. They don't want you to do that anymore. So they're going to try to motivate you to to have mo- emotions in your body, like guilt or shame or fear, so that you stop doing those things and turn the attention back on to them. So don't get caught up in that cycle. Now, what does it look like to be narcissistic? So just in case my listeners who are just like, but are you sure it's not narcissistic? A narcissist is, um, when it comes to self-care blames other people, relies on other people, makes other people care for them. And they will also be entitled and demanding about their quote self-care routine. They will be more closely tied to self pampering. They will be more combative and probably will try to guilt trip you. Now it's okay to have boundaries. It's okay. If someone says, listen, I just, I'm not able to talk right now. I have to finish this. I have a deadline, but I can talk in two hours. Right. But if a narcissist is trying to set a boundary, they are going to try to give you emotions to feel as part of their quote boundary setting, whatever that means. So they'll probably say something like, I need you to get out of my face. You're terrible. You always waste my time. You're always encroaching upon my space. You never give me, right? So it's all about you. It's it's focused on the bad things that you do and they don't take responsibility for their own emotions, And so if you find yourself in that situation where you start self-caring and doing those things that support your life and your body and your emotions and your future, and then the narcissist is like, you never care about me, you're so selfish, you only care about yourself, right? What they're trying to do is make you feel really scared and guilty so that you come back to caretaking their emotions. But I promise you, it's not selfish to care for yourself. Now, if you spend your time constantly self pampering, and you have responsibilities that you're not doing. And you're telling yourself, well, I'm just self caring. Um, (laughs) And you're neglecting things that you've committed to. And you're putting yourself in a position where someone else has to do everything for you. Then that's where I would I would look, take a look at it. I would kind of question, okay, is my self-care routine making it so that other areas of my life are not where they should be? Obviously I would ease into it. I wouldn't suddenly start doing 20 million things right away. I would assess what's the first, what's the most dire thing that I need. Maybe it's just changing some thoughts. Maybe it's just saying to yourself, I love myself. I love myself unconditionally. And just working on that one thought that is self-care. Now, if you're, you know, going on trips and neglecting your children and letting bills fall to the wayside and not showing up for work because you're, quote, self-caring, we need to have a conversation. But if you're so burnt out at work and you're so burnt out at a, as a mom and you're not doing anything to self-care, that's just as bad. So let, let's see if we can find like a, a nice happy medium where you are following through with the responsibilities that you have and you're supporting yourself and you're creating an environment where you have a little more care. You have more support for yourself as you're going through difficult things, as you're showing up for your different responsibilities. But remember, it's not your job. It's not your responsibility to manage another adult's emotions. Okay. If you have children, it is your responsibility not to manage their emotions. Okay with your children. And we'll do another episode on this all about children here coming up soon. But for your kids, your job is to love them unconditionally and to help them learn how to manage their emotions. So sometimes that looks like asking them how they're feeling, asking them what they're thinking, giving them choices, making sure they're within the appropriate boundaries that you've set for your household and your family and giving them the opportunity to express themselves and then showing them, okay, this is what we do and this is how I do it. This is how I feel when I do this thing. Tell me your thoughts. I mean, that's probably for older kids, obviously for younger kids, that's not going to be as available because they're little, but really you are caring for your children in the sense that you are providing for their actual needs because it is not parenting to provide for the kids wants all of the time. Sometimes you give kids wants for sure but it's not parenting to always give them every single want that they have not seeing their best interest in mind their What's, what's it going to be like for them down the line. And so that's the kind of attitude you can have for yourself. What is down the line for me? If I take this action long-term, is it going to serve me or is it just going to serve me in the short term and make me feel good for just a little bit? And then I have to deal with it later. That's a tough lesson. That's a lesson that I, In many ways, I'm still learning, but I'm learning it, and I'm committed to learn these lessons. I'm committed. I'm not going to give up. My brain needs some support. It needs a lot of healing. It's been raised a certain way, and it has some things going on. My guess is that my HSP and my ADHD probably has to do with trauma. I'm not saying that all the time that's what is happening with people with ADHD or HSP or whatever diagnosis you have, but my guess is it's likely, it's likely trauma. And as a result, my brain is managing this way. And there is a, in my opinion, possibly a chance that my brain will actually level out and I will have higher executive function and less sensitivity as I continue to do work to heal. But I'm not holding out for that outcome. That might happen, but it might not either. It could be just how my brain is structured fundamentally and biologically, which is totally fine too. I'm okay with either outcome because either way I'm committed to supporting myself and managing my brain and healing as much as I can. And I've seen so many benefits already. It's been so great. So it's just building that momentum. So being committed to your healing, understanding that self-care is not self-pampering, seeing yourself and your self-care actions from a place of how is this going to affect me long-term like you would a child? Like you don't, you don't give the child just all of its wants all of the time. You, you, you want to make sure that they eat healthy meals instead of chicken nuggets every night because you know, the long-term effects of that are going to be detrimental. You want to treat yourself the same way. That is true self care. So that's the mindset I have for you on self care. And I hope that that is really helpful and that you take some actions starting today on your self-care and what that looks like for you. Take, get a piece of paper out, journal out what your brainstorm might be about how you can start to self-care. And if you implement them a little bit at a time, you will see a, a major payoff for um, for yourself down the line. And I also wanted to let you know about kind of the changes that are happening in my world I am constantly updating my offers and how I serve my people because I want to be optimizing the, the work that I do with my people. If you want to get one-on-one help and support, that's what I do, but I have a lot of options for you. So right now, in the spirit of self-care, I am offering a special where for the next couple months or so, I'm opening up a couple of spots in my calendar for anyone who has really wanted to work with me one-on-one, but maybe hasn't been able to afford it or maybe feels like it's just out of their reach or maybe it's just out of their budget right now. But if you really want help and you're in a narcissist situation and you would like support and you want to get out of some pain, I would like to help you. I think it's it's really fun to be a coach because the sky's the limit in business and everything like that. And I've paid for coaching all along the spectrum. I've got, you know, coaches I've never paid before, but con- consumed all of their free content. I've, I've got coaches. I've paid less than a hundred dollars. I've had coaches I've paid, you know, in the $500 range and then in the thousand dollar range. And then in the tens of thousand dollar range, right? Like it's, it's, it's been a big range of how I pay my, um, access to coaching that I value And during those times when I was not able to invest on those high levels, I really appreciated there were coaches out there that offered things at a much more affordable place for where I was. And I was able to get the help that I needed for that time. And so I wanna be that kind of coach. I believe in expensive coaching. I believe in high ticket offers and high level and high value offers in the coaching world. But I also believe in being accessible to those who really want coaching. And so I want to open up a couple of spots for anyone who kind of falls into that camp, who might need some support, a sliding scale, whatever that looks like for you. We could work it out on the call. Go ahead and book a call. I'm doing them on Wednesdays and Thursdays for the next few weeks. And it's first come, first serve. So if you want to just book a call and chat about your situation and you don't necessarily want to work together, that's fine too that call is available for you. Or if you're thinking, Oh my gosh, I've been waiting for this moment. I've been wanting to work with you and I wasn't sure how I was going to be able to do that. This is the spot for you. Go ahead and book the call. I'm here for you. We'll figure out what makes sense for your budget and um, the time with me and see if we can get you some results, see if we can get you feeling better, get you on the right track. Another thing I'm doing, obviously I still have results based coaching, Uh, That's kind of my VIP higher ticket item for my clients who have a specific goal in mind and want to work together until that goal is achieved. So these are, uh, this is for people who are looking for really big goals. These are, these are my ambitious people. So if you're ambitious and you've got this thing on your mind, or maybe you've got this dream that you've always had, and it just won't leave you. And it just keeps coming back to you, keeps coming back to you, but you can't, reach or even start on this dream or goal, because it constantly is being sabotaged by maybe it's your thinking, but maybe it's people in your life. Maybe it's the stress, maybe it's high drama stuff going on in your life. And you just feel like you keep trying and keep trying and keep failing. This is my high ticket and high value offer for you. We want to get all of that stuff out of the way so that you can achieve the goal. It's, it's, it's my personal guarantee where we work together until your goal is reached. It's a very high trust situation. It requires a lot of trust on both ends, but I'm so committed to the process of coaching as it pertains to getting you results. I've had situations where I've invested a lot of money into coaching. Some Sometimes those panned out really well and I got the results I, I got there for, and other times it did not happen and i want to be the kind of coach that is so invested in the results that you're getting that we work together until you achieve it or at least that's what i would have wanted honestly that's how i want my coaches to be for me i don't know that many coaches do this method <laughs> but that's that's what i that's what i would wish for because i got a lot of drama y'all i got a lot of drama in this brain and i need a lot of support to help me manage it so that i can reach these lofty goals that i have for myself And so that's the kind of coaching that I would want. So that's the kind of coaching I want to offer my people. And then finally, I do have in the works, it's not ready yet, but I have in the works a new certification program. So there are tons of people in this world, like you and me, who are suffering from narcissist abuse. There are just so many people. It's insane. Everybody knows somebody who has a narcissist in their life. And I need a lot of help to get this work out there. I need people doing the work, coaching other people. It's going to come to a point where I won't be able to do all the coaching that is needed to help with the rest of the world. So I'm going to develop, I am developing a, a curriculum where you will learn exactly how I help coach my people. And it's so much more than just narcissism recovery. It's, it's everything. It's how to coach people towards results. It's how to manage yourself while you're coaching your clients. It, it's, it's a lot and it's going to be available. Actually, I'm not sure what's going to be available. We're still developing the content and I want to make some decisions about pricing and about how it's going to look to have the certification program, whether or not it's going to be virtual or have an in-person event, or maybe both, maybe a hybrid, but go ahead and get yourself on the wait list so that I can kind of gauge interest and make some decisions about what it's going to look like to do the certification. But if you're interested in this, if you've always wanted to become a coach, if you want to help other people, if you want to turn your experiences into help for other people, this is the program for you. Uh, It is my mission to create an army of people who know what I know, who experience what I experience, and who understand how to help people dealing with narcissists. Because in the coaching world, there are a lot of people who can help you and they have amazing tools. But when you're dealing with a narcissist, sometimes the tools can be misinterpreted or they can be warped or they won't be used quite right or something will go wrong between, it'll get lost in translation between the coach and the client. And that is because of all of that narcissist abuse that changes your brain. And so we want to want to create coaches who can actually see that, who can see right through all of that and help coach around it and help coach their clients out of that distortion and then help them get to where they want to get to. It will be amazing. We don't want to have situations where we're re-traumatizing our clients. We don't want to have situations where the coach doesn't, uh, unintentionally gaslights the client, unintentionally blames the client because the client doesn't realize, right, that it's their narcissist- or narc brain, I guess, (laughs) the narc brain that's filtering the content in such a way that's very harmful, which isn't to say it's all of the client's fault. Obviously that's not the case. We want to create a situation where it's very safe and where coaches are highly trained to detect this type of thing to best support their client. And it's just, It's so empowering to be coached. It's so empowering to know that you are in charge of your thoughts and emotions and that you can create anything that you really want to create. But when you are deep in the narcissist mud, that message is very disempowering because it feels so impossible. It feels like you can't get out because you're in so much pain, so much confusion, and so much distortion from having had to survive a narcissist. So I really want to help coaches to have that ability to support their clients who are suffering with this particular thing. And I really want this certification to be more than just a certification. I want it to be, look, if you want to be certified and you want to create a business, I will help you with that too. Kind of that same way with the results-based coaching. I want to create a, a fail proof system, a situation in which it's not that you, you just come to me and I give you the certification and I tell you, well, good luck have fun. Hope it works out for you. (laughs) And I, I want this to be a situation where you, you come, you get the certification and you get everything you need to have a successful business because otherwise, I mean, you can have the certification without a business. I've seen that happen. People get coaching certifications all the time with zero intention of becoming a coach and making money as a coach. That happens. Sometimes you just, sometimes people just love the education. Sometimes they just like to have it for themselves another part of the certification is learning how to care for yourself and manage yourself and heal yourself on the way to helping other people. I think there's this misconception uh, in the coaching world where you have to be perfectly a product of your product. You have to be perfectly healed. You have to know everything and, and be a shining example of all the results that your clients are getting in order to help somebody. And that's just not true. It really isn't. You can help someone and still be working on things in your life that aren't perfect yet because you're going to be trained. You're going to have the skills, a skill to help someone else doesn't necessarily come from having the result that you're helping your clients get. In a lot of cases, that is true. A lot of times coaches offer coaching from a place of, well, I created this result. Now I'm going to help you. That is a thing. But in this situation, if you want to help other people, it's not your job to say, well, I did it. Here's how I did it. It's actually your job to be focused 100% on the client and say, what is in your brain? What are you thinking and what are you feeling and how is that creating your world? How is that creating the results in your life? And you don't have to say, well, I'm so amazing at it. So you should believe me. That's just not necessary in this kind of coaching relationship. Anyway, I could go on and on. There's a lot of content being developed in the background for that, but basically if that's something you're interested in, go ahead and uh, sign up in the show notes and get on the wait list And um, if you want my help with anything else, really, just just get on the email list. You'll get access to the links to book a call. You'll get access to other resources. I put out a weekly post-narcology email. You'll get all the updates on what's going on. Thanks so much for being with me today. And I hope you have an amazing day and we'll see you next time. All right. Bye.